Sip and Listen, the podcast meant to inspire, provoke, and cause others to collaborate while taking action. With your host, media princess, Carrie Keller, the beauty maker, Christina Wirtz, and lover of all things marketing, Elisa Lang. Do you dream of having long, luxurious hair? Now that dream can be reality with the help of Christina Wirtz's expertise in beaded hair extensions. Christina, owner of Haven Salon Healing in Scottsdale, wants you to feel sexy and confident again, no matter what your age. Whether you're looking for Instagram-worthy mermaid hair or you want the thickness back that you used to have, these extensions are the safest and highest quality on the market today. Christina blends them perfectly into your hair so that you can style it up, leave it down, wear it straight or wavy. Painless, easy, and affordable. Call to book your free consultation today with Christina, the beauty maker at 480-788-8880. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Hello. What's up, Froggy? I know. I sound like a frog today. <laughs> yeah, what's up with your voice? What Side happened? Sideline, well, Mom. Well, I went to the U.S. Box Lacrosse Nationals in San Diego this weekend. I was cheering on my little goalie. Come <laughs> on, go, Cooper. <laughs> and how they do? How they do? They finished fifth in the nation. Nice. So oh, did he have a blast? The Arizona Outlaws. He did have a blast. He had a very good time. But after five games, my voice is like gone. <laughs> no, you keep going in and out. I like trying it. To, I'm actually trying to pull off that Demi Moore sound. Oh. Like that. Robin gives you a thumbs up on yeah. that. Am I doing it? <laughs> Demi Moore with a southern accent. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I like it. Well, it kind of changes the communication a bit. Got to listen closely. Now we got to get through the, the ins and outs and the southern. There you go. See? <laughs> Like like la- it. It's like kind of a language barrier sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure Joni, Joni, our guest today, is probably one of my favorite guests. I'm going to say that. Yeah, You're going to say, say that? It, yeah. You're going to put that it's out gonna, there? Oh, it's going to get me in trouble. It's out I there like now, it. yeah. So she deals with humans, like in wow. a big way, like creating leaders <laughs> and powerfulness. And she's a powerhouse. What's and powerfulness? Did you just make that up? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Since when do I not make things up? Powerfulness. Powerfulness. I like it. <laughs> being Well, being around her is power. So welcome to the show, Joni. Join us. Thank you. How are so you? So great to be here. I'm doing great. Thank you. How is it working with humans? Oh, it's super messy. <laughs> <laughs> it's really messy. <laughs> and I love it. I love it. I love the world of human resources. It's like everything that can go wrong comes to you. Pretty much. Right. It's like cleaning up other people's messes. You know, it's... Uh, when, when my daughter was five years old, she had no concept of what human resources was. And I remember I took her to my office because I was, I don't know, moving some things and whatever. And she's walking through the office and it's a Saturday and she said, Mom, what is your job exactly? Do you like clean up other people's poop or something? And I thought coming out of the mouth of a five-year-old, yeah, kind of like Pretty that. <laughs> kind of like, you know, any problems, they, they come to human resources. Hmm. And then you get to clean them up. Or help solve problems or find new alternatives or options. It's kind of cool. But you do more than just clean up. You also create leaders, which I think probably one of my favorite parts about your business. So creating leaders, leadership programs. Tell me more about that. And you're going back and forth, not only in Arizona, Mm -hmm. but you're from Colorado. Originally from Colorado. I've been in Arizona for about five years. Yeah. And you travel anywhere to actually create leadership. I do. I do. One of the things that I love about um, the field that I chose is that, and you're right, it's not about just solving problems. It's about connecting with humans and helping leaders understand what it really means to lean into leadership. Um, Oftentimes what happens from a leadership standpoint is somebody will get a job. They'll get promoted to being a manager or something like that. 
And they're there because they want the title or the compensation or the prestige or whatever it might be. But they don't realize yet whether or not they really like humans and the <laughs> challenges that humans bring to them. And then once you're in the job, oftentimes managers and leaders don't know quite what to do. So they do what they learned when they grew up and um, kind of spend time wallowing around a little bit, um, if that makes sense. Do you think it's the avoidance of responsibility, that big, 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 big giant word? In what way? What do you mean? Well, when you're taking a leadership role, like you're responsible for not only yourself, mm -hmm. but everyone that's on your team. Mm -hmm. And whatever happens, it's on you. Absolutely. And, and it's interesting that you say that because when I work with leaders, one of the things that I say to them is that the job that they play is the most important in any organization because they're not only responsible for themselves, for their own development, for their own performance and all of those things, they're responsible for other people's lives. And it's hard to it's be like gulp. that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And if Carrie's if you, responsible for me. <laughs> I can see effort. that. It's a total <laughs> joint effort. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, it's really tricky because I, don't, I sometimes think that when people step into these other big roles, they don't really think about the full implication until you're there. And then it's like a, now what do I do? And they kind of make it up. Yeah. Right. So the role that I like to play is I like to go into organizations and, and help people get really clear and situated about why they're in the leadership role to begin with and then how to create new connections with humans that they're dealing with. Um, a lot of leaders today learned in the traditional sense, like here's how you do it. I'm your boss. I'm going to tell you how to do it. Um, oftentimes leaders are not exactly present and connected to the people that they're working with. And you lose that humanness in, in the organizational experience when that happens. I'm reminded of those memes that talk about like the difference between a boss and a leader. Absolutely. And do you ever discuss that with people? Like there's one way of like managing a team and there's another way of like forcing a team. Absolutely. I mean, there, there's, uh, there's some language out there like um, driving for results is a competency that's used pretty often. You've got to drive for results. Well, when I think about the term driving for results, I think of somebody who's in a chariot and has a whip and has horses in front of them and they're whipping. Thanks they're for the whipping whip. They're whipping horses. And they're driving, like <laughs> they're driving for results as opposed to actually stepping in and inspiring people to do the best work that they can possibly do and to be the best person that they can possibly be. Um, I think at the end of the day, and, and people often ask me, so what is it exactly that you, know, that you do? And the role that I play in organizations is to create leadership excellence so that employees have extraordinary experiences at work. We spend so much time in our workplaces, more time than we do with our families and at home and doing things that we enjoy. Mm, that's and very true. why not create that kind of an experience um, as a leader? And leaders have the power to do that. So back to the, do I talk about what it's like to be a boss versus what it's like to actually lead people? Absolutely. We spend time creating the distinction between the different roles and the different hats that you play. Hmm. So one thing comes to mind, like the whole inspiring others to do the job, let's say, mm -hmm. seems to be a big job on its own. It like, is. are you always inspiring? Hmm. As the crowd hushes. I know. <laughs> oh, big question. And do you always need to? Like, I think part of it is also having a team that if you know they're going to do their job, yeah. what, like, that just puts, like, oh, I've got a team. 
versus constantly having to be like, okay, take the trash out, take the trash out, take the trash out. <laughs> How about today, take the trash out. <laughs> um, great question, and it's a big question. Is spending all of your time inspiring others shouldn't be up to the leader. Um, oftentimes, people will say, how can I motivate my employees? And my answer is, you can't motivate really anything what you can do is you can set the tone, set the expectations, be clear, let them know what the rewards are, help them understand what the, the consequences are if it's not done. You can't make people do anything. I mean, you know, think about your own kids. There's a certain point in a human's lifetime when you can't force them. And if you do, there's a whole lot of resentment and stuff on the other side. And they're not doing their best job and they don't want to do, they don't want to do that. So it's really about setting expectations and finding people who love to do what it is that you've hired them to do, which is tough because yeah. not everybody walks into a workplace and says, I'm going to be fully committed to my best work and my best job because they don't know what that is yet. And oftentimes people's jobs are just task oriented. Like we were talking earlier, you know, I'm not great with administrative stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't like doing paperwork. Um, not my some, strong suit. <laughs> Definitely not my strong suit. You made that pretty clear. Um, and so when it's not, you find people who it is their strong suit mm -hmm. and that they love to do it and they're pulled to do it. And then the inspiration kind of comes because you get to be a little bit playful in that as opposed to you have to do it. Um, but that does show up too. Hmm. So I, it's funny. I have a friend who's a, a, a new doctor and she's doing her first year. She just completed her first year. And her second year she gets to be the leader so she is managing supervising in that role for mm -hmm. the second year so that first year someone kind of mentored her and now she gets to mentor and she's having this battle with you know like now I have to be responsible yeah. for other people um, do you find that a lot of your job is actually managing and kind of hoping that people actually get through that in a way that's powerful for them as well um, in the role that I play with organizations today, it's not managing others. It's helping them find their own voice and, and connection with the people that they work with. I think what's missing, and it's not just missing in leadership. I think it's just missing in general relationships. And that is, it, in, in the case of your friend, she's taking on this role, spending time with the people that are going to be reporting to her and understanding from them what it is that excites them what motivates them, what gets them up in the morning, what they love to do, what they can't not do, as well as what it is that gets in their way of their being successful um, and what it is that they don't really like to do. And getting a sense of what, yeah, lack of a better term, what really motivates them. And oftentimes in a boss situation, we go into our various roles and we have the boss's hat on and we know what everybody's supposed to do and by when they're supposed to do it. And we either A, trust that they're going to get it done, and when they, don't, when they don't, there's big upset and disappointment, and or tell them what to do, which a lot of people don't. Some people like being told what to do, but some people don't. And we don't really take the time to be present and connected with the people just for a minute to say, here's who I am. Tell me about who you are. And let's create the relationship we're going to create. What does that look like for us together? Hmm. Carrie, what do you think about that? I like that. And where I work now, office culture is a very important thing. And a lot of times we have move around to different, some of the people there move around to different um, positions. So they find exactly where they need to be. 
And everybody's really good about working with each other to find that. Yeah. So I, I get that totally. It's kind of fun when you can see somebody step into a particular job and they suddenly realize it's not their fit. Yeah. It's not their jam. And when they're given opportunities and mm-hmm. cultures to move into something else just to try it out and to see what that experience is like, sometimes they find it, sometimes they don't. But the freedom to do that and the, the playfulness, I guess, in doing that and still getting results is really important in companies today. Not everybody knows what they want to do right out of the box. And sometimes when you do and you step into it, it could be a two-year gig and you're ready to try something else. And I think organizations need to spend more time trying that out. I don't out. think I've ever been that. anywhere else that has allowed people to shift around and kind of move and find, kind of find their place. It's kind of been like you were hired for this position, mm-hmm. and if you can't do this, then you go somewhere else. And this company is very good about that. You know what I love about that is that oftentimes in organizations when they – uh, pigeonhole somebody into a role and then if you can't do this job then you need to leave and find another one is then they're they're always having to recruit for new talent mm-hmm. and when you can create a culture where helping your employees find their next opportunity within your company you already have a known entity somebody who's mm-hmm. and, and the time spent to onboard and all of those things it's it's um, minimized in so many ways I agree yeah Kind of fun. I was, I was, that, that particular um, concept just reminded me there was a young lady that reported to me um, at a company that I worked for years ago. And she was our project manager for talent management. And she was helping to set up you know, some pretty big project-related things for an implementation that we were doing. And we were getting very close to the implementation. And one of the other departments within HR had another role come open. Um, and the role wasn't a full-time role. Somebody was going out on maternity leave. They needed about 25% help from someplace else. Mm-hmm. They weren't going to replace the position while this person was out on maternity leave. So my employee came and asked if it would be OK if she went and spent time learning that job and doing that job and helping out. And I said, you know what? totally open to having you do that as long as these other pieces for this project don't fall fall apart absolutely let's go try it out see what you can learn see if it's a fit and it was really great to see her development and growth during that period of time and after that 25 percent of the time happened and the person never came back from maternity leave they opened the position up and she was really excited to step into a brand new role which for me i was like (laughs) Now what am I going to do? But what the universe did, which was beautiful, is that there was another guy in our department who was ready for something new. And he said, can I come in and try that out for a while? And I thought, why not? I mean, we're all just kind of making this shifting. And he did beautifully. He had different ideas than she did. And she grew, he grew. The whole experience was just fabulous. It was was fun. He has a great concept. Yeah. It's like the co-creation within a company. It's a great way to say it. It is a co-creation mm-hmm. within a company. You're making it up together. Yeah. So how many jobs have you had? And I know this was like totally not one of the questions you're prepared for. No. <laughs> but now I'm super curious oh how goodness. many times you've shifted. Oh, or Christina, gosh. do you know how many jobs you've had? Not that many. No? Mm-mm. I worked one place for nine and a half years. And I'm only 28. So it's like a third of my whole life. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> kind of cool. I'm trying to think, and in my entire career of almost 30 years, I probably had <laughs> 11 different <laughs> jobs and maybe eight different companies, but I'd have to go back and look. I, anybody who's looking at LinkedIn right now, you can yeah, pretty much yeah. see it. I, I don't know. Isn't that <laughs> funny? Huh. Well, I think it, I just counted. I think I have six. You've had six jobs? Yeah, not including like my own companies. Worked for other people. Mm. How about you, Carrie? 
You're still counting. I'm, yeah, I'm we'll watching radio and television, and you go, you know, there's always a better opportunity, a bigger market, so you just go where you go. Well, I think it's so. funny when you have people that have been in the same company for like 15, 20 years, and like they found that it off the get-go. a lot anymore. I know. I mean, used to, like our parents, that was a thing that our parents did, but not so much anymore. Collect the watch. It's all about, yeah, it's yeah. all about opportunity and taking yeah. that next step up. Well, it's growth. I mean, you're always looking for something else. And I think before it was more about stability and being where you were and supporting your family. And here now it's, I think, more career driven these days. Hmm. Yeah, I would tend to agree. I think that um, there is there is like this growth mindset. And I, what I want to say is that for our parents, it pro- that probably existed too, but they never felt as though they could plug into it because the opportunity that they had was what they had. But that's safe. the story that I'm making up. Yeah, absolutely yeah. safe. Well, I think part of it is also they were thinking of others, like their family. Their family, and yeah. Like, you can't just like we're a see lot, what happens. We're a lot more apt to take <laughs> chances, I think, to- than our parents were. Oh, I think so. Yeah. I, yeah. I think after watching our parents for years too, it's kind of created right. a different kind of mindset. Like, let's, let's go try this let's out. Let's do it. And, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I'm totally on the outside of all of that, like job hopping. I see my girlfriend that is my age and literally every two, three years she switches companies and I view it like a lack of commitment. Mm. Like, oh, people can't even like commit to one place and like ride it out for a while, but it might not be that. It's just like how I view it, you yeah. know? It's, it's great that you said that because there's stories that we all make up kind of based on our own perspective and, and interpretation of what it should look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and companies actually view that as a lack of commitment mm-hmm. in many respects and or the shifting that's happening now is that pe- companies are looking to hire people that are willing to do gigs like these shorter term mm-hmm. like gig opportunities like a freelancer. Yeah. Yep. Come in for a little bit, do a job for a little, for a little while and then, mm-hmm. and then know that they're going to go. And so it's, it's like this... What I would say is that there isn't a, there isn't the perfect formula for organizations in what works. It's just what works for that organization. It's funny because it almost seems like a freelancer is like the new temp job. It's, you know, trying it out, seeing if you're a fit, Mm -hmm. see how long you can have the gig for. And the whole gig kind of comes up because you're also a singer, which makes me think of you get gigs. Yeah. So you're always on the hunt. Yeah. You're always looking for kind of the next thing and the next way that you can connect with human beings. So I know you don't always talk about the other side of your talents. And we may go, we may have to go over, you sent a, ahead of time the goddess gifts, which <laughs> I love these. I love them too. And the whole like inspiration, creativity that you are, and you've actually get to shine every week and you also write songs and how does that world, how do you make it all fit? And you're also a wife and a doggy mom and, and a mom. And, and a mom, yeah. You know, it's interesting because up until probably, gosh, six or seven years ago, I always viewed my lives as very separate. There was my corporate life and the life that I, I had as a corporate title. Um, in fact, a lot of people that I worked with for years had no idea that what I really loved to do was you know, singer-songwriter. When I was 13 years old, I remember telling my mom, I want to be a singer-songwriter when I grow up. And she said, oh, nice dream, honey. Get a real job. Become a secretary and then go do mm. that. Now, the background and the context of my mom is she was a single mom of five working three jobs as a secretary. That's what she knew. So she wanted to make sure that I was safe and secure and protected and I could survive and all of those things. And I did that. Um, but then about six year go- years ago, it just it occurred to me that I am multiple. I, I, have, I live multiple types of lives. I have multiple experiences, and they all fit together. 
Um, so yeah, from an inspiration standpoint, I oftentimes think in song, I think in music, and I'm always writing something. I may not have a hundred full songs written, but pieces of them that they come when they come. Um, but that also then fits into, and it really, I think the center, the core of all of it is around connection. How can we help humans and the universe connect? And I love music because it's a universal language and it helps people connect in different ways. And I love the work that I do because I help humans connect in different ways. So it's, it, it all fits together, if that makes sense. I love that. I love that too. So, yeah. I'm thinking of the differences that, that are really in this world right now. And I, I definitely want to talk about millennials and how that also is impacting our workforce. Uh, but the difference between an entrepreneur and the solopreneur, what do you feel about those? And is it something that you can relate to in any way? Because I think the solopreneur was out of the, I don't want to work with others. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yes. Is that what I'm considered? Yes. Oh, I never yes. even heard that <laughs> word. Solopreneur. Yes, ma'am, you are. Lovely. I have a new name for myself. I'm so excited. A solopreneur. A solopreneur. You know, the perfectionist in me wants to like jump onto Google right now and look at the clear definitions Let's between look it up. both Christina, of them. Christina, so <laughs> looking at that. Is so I was me. <laughs> I want to get this one right. I know. Um, I think entrepreneurs. I, I, I don't know that there's a huge distinction, but let's wait for the definition. It just says it's a person who sets up and runs a business on their own. And the entrepreneur? And the entrepreneur. It's so is, fun when we think about all these. And the corporate job, like there's so much. A person who organizes and operates a business or businesses taking on greater than normal financial risks in order to do so. Mm. Ah, so there's financial so there risk is involved. That's a big <laughs> distinction. And so. what is the greater than fi like normal? What's greater than normal? Like hundred thousand dollars? Solopreneur is there's risk involved as well. Yeah, I was gonna say my ten grand in credit. <laughs> I think card what debt you're meaning is the entrepreneur <laughs> can be like a group. It can be that can yeah. be more than one person. Well, I think when you take that financial, you know step it's going to be you're responsible for more people so of course the, right. the reach is going to be bigger well and, and and as i'm thinking through the definitions in the conversation solopreneur you know definitely you're, you're responsible for yourself i think entrepreneurs start out as solopreneurs mm -hmm. and then over time is their product or their services or whatever the solution is that they have as it grows its own life then you have to add more people and at that point the risk does become greater because you're now employing people yeah. to get that product out so so you're not only impacting yourself right you're impacting other people right. in their lives yeah and oftentimes solopreneurs going back to doesn't want to work with others it's you know they're comfortable working by <laughs> doesn't themselves want to. and by the way i'm not making fun <laughs> obviously you love your own business and you're successful at it so but i i think about it in terms of entrepreneurs um in fact i'm working with a business right now they've been in business for about 25 years and for the first time um the the founders of this particular business very much entrepreneurs. They've got a team of about no, 25 people. They're now saying, we're not sure that re we're really good at being effective managers or leaders. We really think we struggle in this area. Hmm. And in this conversation that I had with them a couple of weeks ago, I, I paused for a second and I said, wow, thank you for being so vulnerable. Because now that you can actually say that, it's, you're ready for the work. You're ready to step into being the effective, amazing leaders that you're, you want to be. And so let's go play. 
Um, but oftentimes entrepreneurs aren't great leaders. Well, do you, do you think at times they don't search for what's missing? Like there's that, I can do it all mentality versus sure, when definitely. you come from, am I being as effective as possible? You start looking at where, where else can you impact something? Right. And there's something really special about that because I think if you're so used to doing it a certain way, there is no growth. Mm -hmm. You're never searching outside of yourself to see what you can actually create and bring in and yeah. make a difference with. I think, I think that there's that. And I also think that when I think about, uh, about the impact of the greater financial risk and things like that, there's, there's a survival mode that people get into and they're like mm -hmm. holding on for dear life. I have to do it this way because this is what I know. And at some point when they can't, and I'm, again, I'm making this up, but when, when they're not doing it the way that's garnering either the financial aspect that they're looking for or the employee engagement or whatever, is when they, they'll shift and start asking for help. Mm. We actually, it, it reminds me of a conversation we had once about um, how many things you have to do in a certain day and like causing a squeeze. And we were, we were joking around, but I hope this actually comes out, which is creating the concert called The Squeeze, mm -hmm. where people can actually come and start learning about new artists and just making the squeeze of life, you know, like really having this opportunity to see what you can squeeze in and, right. you know, what comes out of the squeeze. Because I think those are the moments that really make us grow. <laughs> you get it? The squeeze. Well, was it? Yeah, it was interesting. I'm going to squeeze you right now. You do? See <laughs> what <laughs> Say what is that? What do you see? I want to hear it. I want to hear Nothing. it. Nothing. I just think it's so funny how um, excited you are. I know. I love it. <laughs> About the word squeeze. I do. I love the word squeeze. <laughs> well, I like and to schmooze. be squeeze and schmooze. We love that word. Yes. Schmooze. I don't like that word. You don't like you that don't? word? Uh -uh. I love schmoozing? it. It's like fake phony schmooze. people. I don't no. like fake phony people. <laughs> Robin me and Robin. Says, yeah. No, she I agrees like with me. I know. Yeah. What? Schmooze. I don't, schmoozing? No, schmoozing. Authenticity, please. Yes. Schmooze. <sighs> schmooze and be authentic. We're going to take a break so I can regroup on that. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I still like it. Jeez. I can't schmooze. We'll you can't that. schmooze and be authentic. Mm. Living proof. Did you fall out of love with your marketing? Are you ready to reconnect with your audience and grow beyond your own limitations? Get to the Ellen Sparks Agency and demand a Spark Session right away. Spark Sessions are tailored just for you, the busy, growing business owner looking to bring the sparks back. EllenSparksAgency.com And that's Ellen with only one L for Love Your Marketing. Let's face facts. Your business is either growing or dying. Limeware Promotions wants to help your business grow. The strategy is not only to get seen, but remembered. And that's where Limeware comes in. We're here to help you come up with some fun and catchy promotional ideas so you get seen and remembered. At Limeware, we are ready to take on all your promotional needs from custom embroidery hats and screen print shirts all the way to business cards and pens. Limeware Promotions. Find us on Facebook and Instagram and let the growing begin. Ready? Okay, we're in a conflict oh, over schmoozing. There's a big fight on so. schmoozing <laughs> There's a cat there's fight on the break. <laughs> different definitions. All right. So here is the definition of schmooze. Your definition. <laughs> now it's Merriam-Webster's definition. Well. To chat in a friendly and persuasive manner, especially so as to gain favor, business, or connections. 
So it's in order to manipulatively. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You added that <laughs> added word. That. Slow your roll. You can't add, right, add words to the All definition. Right, yeah, don't be adding you stuff. You add to Webster's yes. definition. Put that in the trash. A long, intimate conversation, an exchange of information, <laughs> interface, network, link up, hook up, mingle, mix. Look at that. See? And then casual talk that is often gossipy and ingratiating. I What's knew you were mean? going there. Ingratiating. <laughs> I don't know what ingratiating means. Mm. You know, it's funny because I think we were talking about this on the break, like Not schmoozing, favorable. like adds to wanting something, but I don't know anyone that doesn't want something. And if they're making believe they don't, that just gets weird. <laughs> it, is it the difference between trying too hard? Well, and what's trying too hard? And or because I we were also talking about authenticity and and what it's like to so authentically. authentically I want your business, and I'm going to schmooze with you. I schmooze in the most authentic She's, way. I totally do. I am authentic to the core, whether I need to thinks. be or not. That's what she thinks. Oh, that's what everyone says. <laughs> and this is how that's the cat everyone says. <laughs> I get it. Everyone that tells you. I think schmoozing is like pretending like you don't want something from them when really you do. Or else authenticity is be like, look, I would really love to do your hair. Can I please color your hair? Come on in. Here's my prices. Here's where I am. Right. See, but I think it starts oh, with that all schmoozing. Well, yes, you it's, are. It's like really want to do your hair. You're still schmoozing. It's like hiding <laughs> out behind mm-hmm. something versus stepping out in front of and saying, I really want to do your hair. I really love your hair. You know, that kind of thing. I don't, I don't know, know if I love your hair. Well, you know what I mean. Squeeze your hair. You want to squeeze your hair? I pulled it. Sorry. Do you know, I, I, but there's, there's something to play with here in terms, I, I love that, again, the, the cat fight around schmoozing <laughs> versus authenticity because there is, there's a distinction. Why can't it be Anne? It can be. It is in my world. See, we, we have this world that it has to be one or the other. Authentically. Yes. Authentically schmoozing. Ooh, yes. <laughs> now we got a shirt. <laughs> Come and sip and listen at Authentically Schmoozing. Ooh. Okay. I'll authentically go. schmooze you. <laughs> there we go. I like it. And a squeeze. Like a We're off track, ladies. We are. So. We're never off track. It's always <laughs> on the track. <laughs> but coming These tracks go everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> You didn't warn me about all of that. But. Oh, you should have. I try, <laughs> all right, I try all right. to warn everyone. <laughs> Let's talk about the goddess gifts. Oh, my God. What I is a goddess this? gift? <laughs> yes. I mean, I read your goddess gifts, but what is a goddess gift? Well, I was having a conversation with Lisa, and she um, challenged me to think about what my gifts are. She says, like, who are you as a goddess? And I thought, oh, my gosh, that just made me very uncomfortable in terms of who am I? Um, but in the, the realm of all of this, the, the things that immediately came to mind for me is that I'm really great about creating human connections. It's just a gift. I, uh, I can be in the grocery store, and before the end of the conversation, you're already invited to come to Thanksgiving dinner because you don't have a place to go. My mm-hmm. family used to laugh at me when I'd come home and say, oh, guess what? So-and-so is coming for Thanksgiving. They're like, of course they are. <laughs> um, so human connection is something that is just, it's just what I do. Um, being present. I'm super- you actually created a list. I did create a list. Can I give list? you some of my favorite Absolutely. Carrie, you yeah. want to? So let's my list. Favorite. Favorite. Yeah, what's your yes. favorite? <laughs> my favorite is because I so resonate with this one, is allow things to unfold as they will. Mm-hmm. Or natural procrastinator. <laughs> Uh, I love that. I like the non-judgment, no judgment. I like that mm-hmm. too. And the boundary hunter. hunter. That's one of my favorites too. Okay, what's a boundary hunter? So 
Um, it's always been challenging for me to set boundaries because I like to connect so much that sometimes I, I don't set boundaries for myself on various things like my, my time or um, what I'm ex extending myself to do for others or whatever it might be. And so as I was thinking about this and the playful notion of what are my goddess gifts, boundary hunter to me is I am hunting to find the right boundaries that fit for me and that fit for the, the circumstance. Um, because I've always been a yes person and I'm learning how to be a yes and not right now. Hmm. Or yes, and maybe next week. That sounds like a schmoozer to or me. Or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and it comes back to your new favorite word. Um, so, you know, and yeah. So boundary hunter is, is something that just helps to remind me oh, that, that I need to set boundaries <laughs> once in a while. I also like the staying curious part. Mm. That's one of your gifts. What do you like about that? Well, the fact that you're always looking for something you may not know. Mm -hmm. And I think so much in conversations we come with, well, I know the answer to this, so let me ask it. But when you come from the just, I really want to learn something new about you. And if you can do that for the rest of your life with people, what a great life that is. It, it's fun because that's where connections happen. Um, and it, it, I wasn't always that person. Probably up until about 20 years ago, I was the person that had to be right. Everything was black and white. I knew what I knew, and you were wrong, and somebody was going to win or lose. And something shifted. And, and so I think about this in terms of working with leaders and things like that. A lot of times leaders will say, I am who I am. I will never change. It is what it is. And I'm living proof that that's not the case, that you can transform who you are if you choose to. And so the curiosity piece for me, it just makes life a whole lot more fun, and it makes it a whole lot more, more connected. You can actually see the people for who they are, and be present with that as opposed to seeing them for how you want to see them. That's a big deal. I love the, your goddess gift of ruthless compassion. Because it's like, you're not just compassionate when it works for you. You're just like on a mission to be compassionate. You're committed to being compassionate. Because I can totally see in my life, I'm like compassionate up to a certain point, you know. <laughs> but to there be committed to it yeah, there, there are, are limits, limits to my compassion <laughs> well in, in, in the way I think the context in which I think about it is that sometimes when people are showing up in a particular way and they may know it they may not know it but they may know it and they're using it to manipulate or whatever I feel compelled sometimes to, to be ruthlessly compassionate to let them know not as a right or wrong but how they're landing for others. Is it possible that the way that you're being right now is this? And to just say it and not dance around it, but just to be ruthlessly compassionate so that, that maybe they can see on the other side of that for themselves, if that makes sense. So what's a goddess gift? Is it something that's like you're created and committed to being that way? Or is it something that you're naturally born with that you're just naturally talented at? The way I looked at it was yes. It's, 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 it's a both. great answer. It can be I think, yeah, I like schmooze. <laughs> 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 schmoozing. We, we now know which side of the table is going to be in the schmoozing side of the goddess gift. So that, <laughs> add that to your list right now, ladies, and the authenticity oh. side or whatever. I'm both. Um, but you're both. I mean, it's, it's, there are certain things that are just so naturally easy for me. But I also looked at it on the other side of it is what's, what's naturally easy for me sometimes is to be a procrastinator. And I can look at it as a super negative, like I'm a procrastinator and make it wrong and bad. Or I can look at it as I sometimes wait to see how things unfold. And mm -hmm. it works out okay. Sometimes it doesn't, 
but you know that that kind of thing. I really like that. So sometimes so, you just gotta wait it out. You do. Yeah. Wait, what out? Like things. Sometimes they're just not ready. Like things. Oh, what are you waiting for? <laughs> what, what are you she thinking over there? Not, she does not what like things. What is happening yeah. over there? What are you schmoozing about? I'm schmoozing and squeezing. It sounds like something you go to a strip club and do, like a guy. Oh, we went there. All right. So I'm oh. loving that that showed up in the HR. human resources conversation. <laughs> we How does HR handle HR. that? You would not want to be our HR department. <laughs> we, Gosh. You should... You should have seen the salon I used to work in. Our boss used to dress up as Rasta Santa, and we would all sit on his lap. Did you say rusted? Rasta, Rasta. Santa. Oh, Rasta. <laughs> Rasta. <laughs> like reggae. He'd have dreadlocks. He wore a Flavor Flav clock and oh. a big Santa suit, and we'd all sit on his lap and take pictures. I don't think that's like good for HR. And we would do limbo with the short dresses. It was bad, but... Wow. Yeah, so I, this never, before I don't even know media? what HR is. No, there's videos. What? <laughs> Joni <laughs> is like <laughs> holding on to her seat right there. Chewing on How the do you handle of that mouth. side of the world? Like when the HR harassment world. You know what? It's Woo. never it's never harassment until it is. <laughs> I'd say one of the biggest nightmares yeah. for HR would be the radio industry. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> It's a creative. Well, because once it's out, it's, it's out. out. I mean, and it's yeah. been said, like she just said, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but you can like cut things out. <laughs> but will we? No, we exactly. won't because we don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm you talking know. about the atmosphere in general of working there. It's, I mean, Robin, you can say, if you could, you could, oh my gosh, every day. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's an interesting topic and it's one that will never, it won't be 100% solved. I think everybody has their own interpretation and their own perspective of harassment. But what I can tell you, being in the field that I've been in forever, is that it's not until it is. And when it is, it's really ugly and very hard for people. When somebody's line is crossed, like really crossed, and you can't take it back, and it's the damage is done. And I think what happens is sometimes people are doing things because they're teasing or they're kidding or it's out of fun or let's are be they? outrageous or they? whatever. But are like they? Underlying, like underlying. But it's, are they? Yeah. I mean, most of us know when it's not okay to sit on somebody's Rasta Santa lap. <laughs> Most people know that that's kind of the thing and like it might be a little weird, but because everybody else is doing it, I might as well go along to get Ooh, along. Peer pressure. And that kind of thing. So you don't know until, until you've crossed somebody's line just how, how dangerous it can be. And, and I would agree, there's a lot of industries, entertainment in general. Absolutely. Um, there's a lot of lines that get crossed. And, but, and let me ask you this. Would it be okay if that line got crossed with your grandmother, mother, aunt, sister, brother? If you were watching it and seeing that happen, would that be okay with you? Hmm. There's so much there because I think when you're in the moment, sometimes you don't know what to do. Sure. Like you just like, I am so surprised. I have no words for this. And like, but, and, but and we forget to say, I'm so surprised. I don't have words for this. Can I yeah. think about this for a minute before I hop on Santa Ross's lap? Yeah. So is there policies and procedures that you actually can implement into a business to create some sort of a platform? Oh, absolutely. In, in, in fact, it's recommended for all businesses um, to have some kind of a, an anti-harassment, anti-discrimination policy available. We obviously don't have so that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never again, seen one of those. <laughs> there's like a blank look. <laughs> Depending upon the size of the company, depending upon whether you're a solopreneur or whatever. <laughs> For but, myself, yeah, I have the policies. It's, it's just, 
you get into a little bit of crazy land. If people don't know how to report when something has happened or when a line has been crossed. Or, well, and do I mean, people really read them even when they have them? Like, is that one of those sheets that you just initial at the bottom and keep moving? Or is it something you actually want to watch the video over and over <laughs> and over again every quarter? Yeah, most, most people will they'll sign it because they're supposed to sign it. Most people, again, it's one of those things like any law or any insurance policy. You don't really read it until something's happened. And once it's happened, then everybody reads it and it becomes a big deal. And, and I think what's missing sometimes in organizations, and it may, we may have gone a little bit too far, but it's the basic tenets of respect. Here's what respect looks like for me in the workplace. What does it look like for you? Um, and where the pendulum has swung way over to the other side is that some people are now nervous in saying things like, wow, you, you look really nice today. Exactly. I love that dress that you're wearing. Well, what do you mean by that? Exactly. <laughs> As opposed to, you know, if, if the behavior is, is truly welcome, it's okay to say, thanks for noticing my dress. It's a new one. I appreciate that. As opposed to running to HR and saying, he noticed me in my dress. It, it's, that's, there's, there's a breakdown in, in kind of just certain general levels of respect, if that makes sense. Well, and I think it's also the people. I, I think there's certain people that have had situations that have caused them to be extra sensitive. Mm-hmm to even a compliment. Absolutely. That could be nothing to the other person. A- absolutely. Or they could want your number. Who knows? Right. And it's, then there's things on the way other end of this spectrum, like a morality clause. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you have one of those. I do. You have two, don't you? I have one. One's my divorce. <laughs> and one's at work. I, was I like say how she giggles through it. <laughs> I was going to say, there's a pretty different carry on the air versus off the air. Oh, yeah. So I can see there's yeah. a morality clause there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a lot of it has to do with how you choose to show up every day. Well, and it becomes a legal issue, too. Absolutely. So there's something mm-hmm. else that actually keeps <laughs> us in place where sometimes we're not as responsible as we think we right. are. Well, and what I liked about what Carrie said, and it's very true, is that there is a spectrum. Yeah. There is a huge spectrum between inappropriate and illegal behavior mm-hmm. that happens in in workplaces and and knowing where that the, again those lines are um mm. so if a company is listening right now would they be able to contact you for policies and procedures that you can actually implement i can help them implement policies and procedures handbooks things like that um, i do a lot of harassment awareness training with different businesses um and it's not the I, I, I like to think of it as not the, your basic compliance i do share here all the laws here's the compliance you need to know as an employee and or as a manager, but I also have some um, another way to look at it, which is really helping under, people understand where their line might be crossed um, so that they can actually then use their voice on the other side of it. In other words, if you've just crossed my line, to be able to say to somebody, you know what, you may not know this, but you just crossed my line, and I'd really appreciate it if you didn't say that or do that or look at me that way, whatever it is, finding their voice to actually articulate what it is and be authentic about it too. <laughs> what it is that they don't want to have happen with them. Everybody's a little bit different, and, but if people don't know that they've crossed the line, they don't know it. Maybe each individual should write their own policies and procedures. <laughs> the solopreneur <laughs> <in> policies <laughs> and procedures. Like it's each it. person in the company write their own. Like, this is not okay with me. This is okay with me. Yeah. What the, a great exercise. It's interesting. There's a business <laughs> that I work with, and I didn't, I didn't think of this, but I really loved it, was they put together their own playbook. Here's who I am. Here's what's important to me. Here's how I work typically. Here's um, what I get impatient with. Um, you know, just a basic here's what you need to know about me kind of thing. And I thought it was beautifully done because then you can share your playbook with people 
and they get a sense of who you are. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to something we've talked about, Elisa, which is oftentimes, well, we started the conversation with this. You don't create relationships on purpose. A lot of times we don't create relationships on purpose. We, they get created on accident. You get thrown together to work with one another, and suddenly you're in this thing like, the, you know. Like the f- Robin got lucky with us. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, here we are. I, I don't even really know Robin. But, you know, in, in some circumstances, you'd want to get to know the people that you work with. Like, what's important to you? What's, you know. What's your astrological sign? Yeah. What's your Myers-Briggs personality type? Exactly. What do I need to Are we going to get along or not? That's where we always go. How do I know that we're going to get along or not? are we or will we? Like, there's that, that certain part of us, like, you know we're going to work together. We're going to make this work. Yeah. Like it's going into a, a partnership or a marriage. It's similar. Like yeah. you got to make it work in some way. And if it doesn't, what do we do at that point? Right. So it's so fun when you have policies in place so you know where to go to. Right. And that's what an employee handbook is all about. Oh. Like here are the guardrails. This is how you quit. It, it, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Here's your, here's, what your strategy. here's what your benefits are. Here's yeah. how you transfer internally and look for your next gig in, inside of a company. Handbooks and things like that, they're just they're general guidelines and guardrails so that people know how to navigate in life and organizations. Mm, um, stay in so the lane. We should make some playbooks. We're going to make some playbooks. Make playbook. It sounds like fun. Oh, that it's, does. That's kind of like my goddess gifts, I guess, in a weird way. I mean, you guys, have, you guys now have a sense of what my goddess gifts are, and it's part of my playbook, yeah. I guess. <laughs> so what would a, speaking back to like culture and stuff, what would a company, like if they're being introspective, like listening to this, what would make their ears perk up to think like, oh, maybe I should reevaluate what my culture is or actually create a culture in my company? What are some of the things that would cue them into that? I think it's um, kind of understanding and stepping back from, sometimes leaders are really so close and they can't see their culture for what it is, but are, is your organization producing the results that you want? Are they creating solutions and products? Are, are people excited to come to work for you? Are they making money? Um, and and how are people getting along within the culture? Um, and oftentimes, it's not even oftentimes, the culture is set by the leaders in the organization. How the leaders behave, the, what, what's important to them, their values, you know, our values, innovation and respect and teamwork and customer excellence are those core values and does everybody embody those? Um, it's really kind of being, in, again, intentional with how you're going to set up your organization and what it is that you want, you know, from the other side of it. What is it that you aspire to have? What do you want to be known for? So then as a leader, do you recommend that they do like regular check-ins with all of their employees to see, are we on the same page with these core values? Absolutely. I think that, and, and it's not just the core values that people read when they get off the elevator or they, they're posted in, in yeah, conference rooms and things really like that, right? It's, it's, are you embodying them? How are you actually showing up and behaving in them? I it, hear parties. <laughs> fun can be a value. Parties. Uh, you know, fun can be a value. And, and how, do we, how do we have fun together in a respectful way? I mean, what, whatever it might be. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think checking in and then You're doing... You're thinking about Santa again, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm like, that sure was fun. That was bonding. <laughs> I'm do that again. Um, you know, doing engagement surveys to see how employees are, you know, experiencing the organization. Do you think people really like answer those honestly, though? No. It depends on the culture. Not really. Mm. It Sometimes. really depends well, on the you culture. Wanna, do you answer it to keep your job or do you we get do, it? We do one so, a week. He, one one a week? week? One a week. Oh, we're going to wow. do some now. So here's, here's an interesting one. Um... The, the people, and, and I just want to play with this as a possibility, schmoozing 
is to giving it's giving people the answers that they want. Ooh. Being authentic is giving the answers that they need. And then schmoozing authentic. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> is doing both. Okay. All right. I just want to try it out to tie it no, back to no. that. Yeah. <laughs> now I, I think that I think in the right cultures I've seen I've seen certain cultures where employees are willing to be brutally honest. Now on the what? other side of it is what does the organization do with the information? Right. Years mm. ago years ago when I was working for a small startup organization, we had about three hundred employees, we did do an engagement survey and employees were extremely honest. The feedback that came back for the leadership team was not what they wanted to hear, and they did nothing with it. The leaders actually got really upset about it, did nothing with it, and the turnover for that organization jumped from 35% to 70% in a span of a year Hmm. because those leaders were not showing up. They weren't even creating the culture that employees wanted to be in. And they had asked the question, are we doing that? And the employees said no. And they said, yeah, we don't care. There wasn't enough schmoozing. We don't care. We're not doing anything about it anyway. I kind of feel like (laughs) schmoozing is doing for others (laughs) versus authentic is doing for myself. Doing for self. Yeah. Play with that for a while. So here's the the tip that I'll, I'll leave with organizations who might be listening in on this. If you are going to do an engagement survey with your employees, Make sure you do something with it and that your employees know what it is that you're doing. Mm. If you do nothing, you will not get the right answers. You won't get, you, you'll get answers that they want to tell you and that you want to hear, but not the real answers. So if you, do, if you don't do anything with your engagement surveys, don't do them. And weekly is too much. Weekly is too much. <laughs> it's too much. It, behavior doesn't change that fast. No, and it's, Things it's, don't it's, change that are fast. Are you happy? Is everyone around you happy? Is, you know. mm-hmm. Do you ever it, go no? <laughs> I've gone eh. What's it? Eh. eh. It's like fair. Mm. Good. Excellent. You, it's like this little. You're schmoozing. It's like this little circle and you get bigger and it gets like. She's excellent. not being authentic. Ooh, oh, she's, she's schmoozing. That was eh. Oh, she's saying what they want to hear. No, exactly. they did not want to hear eh. Oh, look. She's <laughs> a time out. They want to hear everyone's <laughs> excellent. Right, right in the neutral zone. We'll just play neutral. That's right. Again, pendulums are swinging. Some people don't do um, engagement things often enough. Sometimes they do them too much. Again, it depends on what it is that you're doing with the information. What you're, A, what you're getting out of it and what you're doing with it. That's the important thing. It's totally a fine line. We used to do um, client surveys in the old salon. And it's like some of the stuff that you can actually do with it, but other stuff, they're like, oh, I think the paint should be a different color. I think the desk, the front desk should be rearranged differently. And we're just like, we're not going to change the structure of our building <laughs> because you're not happy with it. So how do you tread that fine line? You know, Fill in the blanks. I, I, well, what's interesting about that is that um, the statement, we're not going to do this, is opposed to the curiosity around why would that be important? Oh, yeah, yeah. Why would it yeah. be important to change the desk around? Or why, why is the color of the paint important? Um, <laughs> well, and again, black, it depends I on the qu- changing it too. <laughs> it depends, on the, like it depends yeah. on the questions. I also think, though, too, that sometimes what um, these types of surveys do is they negate the actual connection around communication and the authentic communication. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, client surveys, so it's a great example at a salon, rather than having the stylist say, what is it that you really love about your hair? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, what was the different, you know, what difference did I make for you today? It's you put it on a card to get feedback on. So how did your stylist do today as opposed to that human connection? Mm-hmm. And I think that that goes missing sometimes, too. Well, some people would rather like write on a piece of paper. Than some tell people you would face some people would like I don't like that lipstick. Yeah. 
Well, and I it's like tough that. too. And this is a, a conversation <laughs> for you know for another time. But there's this whole conversation around feedback as well. Yeah. And how hard mm-hmm. it is to give feedback and to receive feedback. Mm-hmm. I had a stylist who did my hair one day, and I was devastated. And I waited a couple of days just to see if if it would settle out, and it didn't. And I called her and I said, I just wanted to let you know that when I come back in, we're not going to do that again. Mm-hmm. It didn't work for me. And she was really upset about it mm. in the moment. And then when I got back there and we spent time and, and she could get, get into my shoes and understand my experience, everything was fine. It wasn't to dig against her. It mm-hmm. was, didn't work for me. Let's not do that again. Yeah. But it was a partnership. Yeah. I didn't blame her for it. I, I was a co-conspirator. And well, I think it's the way you said done. it, too. If you were like, oh, my God, I hate my hair. Right. This is terrible. You're horrible. What did you like, do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then there's a different reaction to it. But the way you came about it makes a whole difference. Yeah. Again, I, I, languaging and things like that is yeah, that might, very important. That might be a goddess gift because sometimes I will have clients say, sometimes when I'm getting ready to say something to people, I think about it in terms of what would Joni say? And so it should be on a bracelet. It's the phraseology around certain things. That's very important. Yeah. Yeah. Phraseology. Is that a science? I don't know. Phraseology. Or did you make that up? No, we're making up words today. Phraseology is not made up. I'm like all about words. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I'm very observant. What does that word mean anyway? So, how do people reach you? What's the best way to? connect with you LinkedIn or great questions so I have LinkedIn account I have the website it's www.jdhinsights all one word dot com um, and those are the two best way to two best ways to reach me and what did they want to hear you sing yes. oh great mm. question where do you oh. find that yes do you ever do are open mic nights I do so the Tempe Center for the Arts is starting yeah. up again in September September. Yeah. Walk in field trip. Walk in Wednesdays with Walt, um, one of the best open mic venues in the wow. in the state of Arizona in the in the world, I think. But um, so that's one way. The other way is to look at my YouTube channel under Joni J O N I Hibden H I B D O N. Um, I don't have star material out there, but I've got. You'll, you'll get a sense of what my style is. Yeah. So I want to make her sing. Is that possible? Yeah. No, you can't put it on the spot like I that. Can. No, oh. I would kill you if you did that to me. <laughs> no. <laughs> I would kill you. Joan, is your picture? Whose birthday is it? Whose birthday is it? No, Christina's. Mine. Christina's. Next week. Really? Yes. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. <gasps> Happy birthday to you. Christina. Happy birthday to you. It's a week early. Happy birthday, dear Christina. Cha, cha, cha. Happy birthday to you. Ooh, I Whoa, heard that I like melody it. right there at the Cannot end. Cannot sing with my frog voice. Oh, <laughs> so we'll do that, that next time. It's the worst part oh of not having a voice. <laughs> well, we actually have to wrap up. Okay. But amazing having you on the show. I acknowledge your amazingness. And the fact that you do what you do and keeping us in check is definitely something that's always needed. Always. Yes, especially. <laughs> Well, thank you. It's been fun, and I want to acknowledge all of you for actually hosting this kind of show to get you know people like me in and listeners to listen to fun things. Um, you made it super fun and very, I don't know, very playful. For, for, so thanks for that. Awesome. Thank you. And to our wonderful engineer, thank you. Yay! Oh, you just got promoted. Oh, She's an engineer now. Oh, <laughs> rock star. Chad yes. is a rock star. Rock star. Oh, all we'll right. keep the squeeze and schmooze somebody later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. 